All right. John 8, 36 says, So if the Son sets you free, you will be free indeed. Being free indeed comes with responsibility. Um, freedom comes with responsibility. When we, we give our lives to Christ, He sets us free, but He doesn't set us free to do whatever we want. Paul says, do we, uh, do we accept salvation? We, do we have freedom to keep on sinning? No, we don't. We, we have freedom to walk in the freedom of Christ, to walk in the light of Christ that He guides us and directs us in. But what happens is, is we become free and then we go out and do what, what we want. And then we invite Christ into the things we want and not allow Him to guide us in the things that He wants. Um, if you look at um, the Old Testament, a lot of times the first thing that God asked His people to do was to worship Him. They asked Him to um, lay aside time, lay aside things and, and worship Him. And I think the, the first call of freedom that is on a responsibility on our shoulders is to worship Him. And that's in our, in our lifestyles, our homes, our marriages. Um, a good report card for parents is our kids. Um, how we've taught our children is a good report card for us. At the end, when we stand before Him, and we can teach our kids to cook, clean, be a good worker, but I think our first priority is to teach our kids how to worship God, how to love God above anything else. You know, it's our, it's our homes, our lifestyles, our marriages, the way we carry ourselves outside of our homes, by the way we live out our life is, our, it can, is worship to God. Because we're honoring what His Word says to us, what His Holy Spirit guides us and directs us to do. Um, but our lives are supposed to be an offering, a worship, a sacrifice to God. And I think when we, we really look at who God is, what He's done for us, it's hard not to be extremely grateful to Him for what He's done for us, where He's brought us from, where He's um, brought us to, what He's done for us in, in, the, in the, the ways of our families, our finances, our spirit. And those things are all great, but I think... Um, we get so focused on our worship to God as in what we're doing and what He's doing in our lives instead of looking at it and say, and you guys can argue with me and I'm not going to do it here, but we'll, we can go argue on the parking lot. But I think our first, our first priority is to minister to the heart of God above anything else, is to minister to God's heart and to worship Him above anything else because we're called to sacrifice ourselves to Him. He laid His life down for us and I think our job is to minister to his, his heart first, above anything else. Psalm 22.3 says, But you are holy, 
and you inhabit the praises of your people. Inhabit means to live in, to dwell in. And I, and I don't think we can come before God and worship Him without having some effect on us. But what, what happens is, is we come before God and we expect something to happen to us. And it does say, enter His course with thanksgiving and praise. And, and I'm not saying that we shouldn't do that, but why do we always go before God and expect Him to do something? If our job as believers is the first to minister to the heart of God, when we are worshiping Him, when we worship Him is to minister to His heart, why do we always come to worship expecting something from Him? We always come expecting, God, I need this, and God, I need this, and you're worshiping, and in your head, you're reviewing all the things that you want Him to do. And all of you are acknowledging that, but without saying that, and without showing that. By a show of hands, how many of you guys do this? We do this. We come to God, we're worshiping God. I need you to take care of this. God, I need you to deliver me from this, heal me from this, provide this, do all this. And He understands that and He hears that, but that, that's not our priority. Our priority should not be that in worship. Worship has to focus on God. We become so inner-focused on ourselves during worship. We become so selfish. Our prayers become selfish. Our, our, our worship becomes selfish. Our, our intentions become selfish. Well, God, I did this for this person. And we become so my, my, um, double-minded in what we do. Well, God, I was ministering to this person, and now I want what I want, God. Worship to God has to focus on Him. We don't worship ourselves. If we do, rearrange your priorities, please. But worship has to focus on God. Lay aside all of our desires, our wants, our needs. Anything that we think pertains to us has to be laid off to the side. There are There is a time and a place for that, but this This has to be a focus. You know, we've, we're seeing something change in Asbury right now. We're seeing, they're on what, day 11, I think, of a, a revival. And what's happened is, is this, and I love it. And the, the leadership said, we don't want celebrities on stage. We don't want any well-known people. He said, our, our students are leading this and they're ministering to the heart of the Father. Because what's happening is, is we're so focused on what is next and what, what we want to see. And it's not about what we want to see. It's what God wants. It's what God needs for us to do. Instead of saying, oh God, I want this. Come partner with me. We lay that down and we say, I'm partnering with you, God. I'm partnering with you. I'm laying this down. All of my desires, my selfishness, I'm laying it down all what I need in my life, for five seconds, I can lay this down just to minister to you, just to be in your presence. There's a quote that I read earlier this week. I'm going to read this to you. And I don't care if you agree with it or not, but I'm going to read it anyway. If you ever noticed, I don't really care about people's opinions. So, um, yeah, that's about the only one. 
I got two people I really care whose opinion is God and, and Sarah. Um, there's only two people I fear too. <laughs> is the wrath of God and the wrath of my wife. And hers is a close second. <laughs> no. But says there's a supernatural hunger for God. This comes naturally from an outpouring of God's Spirit, the gift of faith and the growing hunger with every taste of God's goodness. And my guess is this outpouring is truly going to wreck people for their life in the best way possible. The older generation why, wonders why we have, they have gatherings where ministry time is for the members when this generation wants church to minister to Jesus. It's not a judgment, it's just an observation. We come to, what do we call this? We call this a worship service. We call this time of worship. We lift our hands, we sing during worship. And I don't think we can come into worship with expectation of what we want when our job and the first priority of worship was to minister to God. If you look at the Old Testament, the priest, what were they designed to do? There was people designed to minister to God, not, oh, we're here to minister to you. Don't get me wrong. That's, that's what we're called to do. We're called to minister to people. But I think God has, has, is trying to rearrange our mindset of who we are. We're, we're, Jesus is our high priest, but we're also called as priest of reconciliation. We're called to reconcile. And that whether that's reconciling our hearts to God or other people's hearts to God, I think we need to look at it and say, this is not about me. It's not about how I feel. I don't think you can spend any time worshiping God and, and come out of it and go, that felt like crap. I'm just saying. I don't think you've, if, if anybody has, we'll get you delivered. Um, but I think when we spend that time with God, we can't ever say, oh my gosh, I spent 20 minutes worshiping God and, and I just didn't get anything out of it. So I think we have to, if we're going to do this, if we're going to, to follow Him as He says to follow Him, we have to take our desires, our wants, and our needs and for 15, 20 minutes, lay them down and just say, you know what, I don't, it's not about what I need or what I want right now. It's not about my selfishness and what I think I need. I'm here to, to minister to you, God. I'm here to talk to you. I'm here to worship you, to tell you how good you are, how great you are, to remind you of who you are. Those things that I said, those matter to him. Our wants, our needs, those matter to him because he loves us. He, his heart is, is unimaginable. He loves us and he wants those things for us. He wants our families to be whole. He wants us to have healthy marriages and, and he wants our bodies to be healthy and he wants us to be financially stable so we can help minister to other people. But, on, but in worship, just put them on the shelf for just a couple minutes, put them on the, the shelf, lay them down, put them, hide them away, lock them away. Because in our natural mind, you're like, Jesus, I love you. Oh, by the way, I need this. Jesus, you're good. God, you're good. And I need you to do this. 
we're guilty of it and it's not that you're wrong it's just that we need to change our hearts and our minds and focus on him instead of what he can do for us coming before god with our request is normal we we go before god we bring petitions to him and he he asks us to do that but i think that's what what prayer is for more than worship but i think we we've kind of convoluted things and it's like okay well i'm gonna do this and then i'm gonna worship and i'm gonna pray and, and 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 it's all well and good but i think prayer is more for us having that time of communication because our kids don't come up to us singing mom and dad i need this and you're so good and you're so great but please feed me does that make does it start to make a little more sense now when you you think of it that way oh please give me a peanut butter and jelly sandwich but but think about it we we do this it sounds stupid when I do that, if our kids did that, but we do the exact same thing to God. We worship Him for what we want instead of what, who He is. I think those petitions and those requests are through par- prayer when we are communicating with Him. But our worship is meant to go directly towards Him one way. It is not a reciprocal worship. It is not something we worship God because I want you to worship me and provide all my needs. We're seeing these, this small college in the middle of the mountains. Something's changing in those people because and people are flocking to it. And I love it. They said, we don't want any celebrity worship leaders, any celebrity pastors, anything. We just want God to move in a gentle way and allow it to change people's hearts because they're worshiping him for who he is, not what they want. But what's happening is they're seeing people delivered. They're seeing healings. They're seeing things. And as charismatics, we're like, well, where's, where's the tongues and all the... Uh, no. I think this is a great, a great lesson for us as charismatics to learn how God can move without it being a little chaotic. Because sometimes charismatics get a little chaotic. And we're learning something from a West, uh, the Wesleyan denomination that started this college that God can move in a very gentle way, but it can wreck people for life and it can change them for life. And I think we have to be open to not what we're used to, not what, oh, well, I like this song and I can only experience God when I do, when I do these songs and they have to be this. Um, we have to be able to submit ourselves before the King of Kings and say, I don't care what it is. I will worship you because I love you. Not because I want something from you. Will God work when you worship Him? And during times of worship, absolutely. I've seen people healed. I've seen people set free. I've seen so many things. 
while we're worshiping. Because people are crying out to Him. And were we bringing our, our self, selfish motives in, in place? Yes, absolutely. But God can still work during that. But I, I think if we're going to see change in actually our lives and in our communities, we need to learn how to worship God without an expectation of something. We've treated Him too much in worship like a vending machine. Raise this hand, B. This hand, six, I get Cheetos. We've got to quit. Spiritual Cheetos, I don't know, whatever. I'm just saying is we've got to quit acting like worship is a vending machine for God, heal me, do it now, do it now, do it now, I need it now. It, it doesn't work that way. There, there's, we've got to quit using worship as, a, as like as this coaxing, this, you know, oh God, I'm worshiping you, so give me what I need now. We turn it into something that it should not be. I think God's heart is focused on us because He loves us. He he never turns His eyes from us. He's always there for us. And He looks at us and He says, you are my beloved, my sons, my daughters, I love you. And in our culture, we, we've replaced him with the uh, scroll of death, the, you know, everything else to keep our mind off of him when he is constantly mindful of us. And then we come to God when we need something from him. It's those TV prayers. Hey, I don't really, you know, hey, it's me. I don't really talk to you much. And, but if you could really help me out with this. And we have to get away from that. We have to get away from these, these moment, these random times when we go to God when we need something instead of having those constant conversations with God and that, that we are mindful of what He is doing and able to hear what He is doing in our life and what He's telling us to do on a daily basis. But what are our priorities? What are, what are our priorities in our life? I think every now and then we have to take an assessment and look at what our priorities are and say, yeah, I probably shouldn't be doing this. This is not a, a high priority. Is this building the kingdom? Oh, I really like doing this and I want to do this, but is it, is it building the kingdom? Is it, is it furthering His kingdom on earth? And so it has to be a priority. We have to prioritize Him above all else. And especially in worship, we have to prioritize Christ as seated on the, the right hand of the Father and, and prioritize who they are, the, the Father and the Son, and prioritize them first of all. Because if we don't, then it becomes this bargaining agreement. And I don't think our relationship with God could be a bargaining agreement. Do, uh, our relation, we don't have relation, if you have a relationship with somebody that's a bargaining agreement to keep that relationship, get out of that relationship. That is not a healthy relationship. That's not a relationship that you should have. If you have to do something in order to get something from somebody, that is not a relationship. 
Sounds more like prostitution. Just saying. And God is not something that God's affection, God's ability to, uh, or his willingness to love is not something we can buy. It's something that was freely given. We, it's been purchased for us. And if we're going to try to continue to do these things in our life so that God will be focused on us. God, but I did this. God, I, did, I said this and I, I, I prayed with this person. And he's like, I don't understand that, but that doesn't change anything about how I feel about you. And it doesn't change anything about our relationship. He's just saying, hey, good job. So but when we're standing before him in our time of worship, we have to have him as a priority. We have to be focused on him. Not focused on what other people are thinking. Oh my gosh, I raised this hand. Did I raise it too far? Did I do this? Did I do this? Did I do the, did they do the carry the pizza? Did I raise that? I surrender. You know, you, you got to quit worrying about what p- other people around you think. What other people might think about you. Who cares? My wife goes, how do you not care about what people think? I'm like, I don't care. I don't care what you think about me. I don't care if you don't like the way I worship or if I kneel, if I stand. I don't care. Get over yourself. It's not that big of a deal. I don't care what people think about me when I'm worshiping God because my priority is not about what you think. It's about what He thinks. It's about if He is happy and the praise that I'm sending to Him is worthy of Him. This is not a sign of weakness. This is a sign of, I love my God and I will surrender everything to Him. But this is not a sign of weakness in anyone. Worship is not a time for us to be seen or heard. It is a time for Him to be exalted and highlighted for who He is. I mean, he sits in heaven and he gives us air to breathe. God, God is still making the world spin around. I think he deserves a little bit of our, uh, our priority and praise. You know, we're standing before a holy God that deserves our attention and our, fo- and our focus for a few moments to tell him how good he is. If you want to see change in your life, learn how to worship. Not, I worship, raise my hands and sing the song. Learn how to worship Him. If you want to see change in your life, in your relationship with Him, learn how to worship Him. Learn how to love Him for who He is. When we worship Him without an expectation of anything in return, there's fulfillment in that. Today, I'm, I'm prepa- I was preparing this message yesterday, and, and during worship, I'm raising my hands, and I'm like, God, you're so good, thank you. I'm just like, and I, something of my own personal thing came into mind. I'm like, God, just please remove that from me right now. Remove what, what I want to bring up. Remove it from me right now so you can be glorified, so I can focus on you. Because in our minds, we're sitting there and we're like, God, you're good, I love you. And then you're like, but you know, I could really use this right now. 
I could really use your help with this right now. And, I, and he understands that. And he is so mindful and he's so aware of that even before we were going to, to bring it up. He's aware of what we need before we even know we're going to need it. But I, in my head, I'm like, God, I'm going up there to tell people to not do this. And I'm like, get out of my head. I'm like, and I'm like, get out of my head. I get my selfishness, get what I want out of my head. I need to focus on Jesus. And when we focus on Jesus, it becomes so much better. Worship becomes so much better. And when you're done with worship and you've focused on Him, you're like, God, you're so good. I didn't, I didn't get my healing. I didn't get all my wants. I didn't get all my needs. But God, you are so good. And I think as a culture, as Christians, even though we love God, we've become selfish with our love for Him and our love to Him. It's like, oh, oh God, I love you. And, and we know that He meets our needs and we know that He supplies things for us, but we've become so accustomed to Him just doing it that we don't go into worship without that expectation now. We've gone into worship with this expectation of I'm, I'm hoping to get something out of this. I'm hoping to receive something out of this and it's not a bad thing that we do that but it has to be prioritized in our time with him worship and prayer are two different things our worship is 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 a vertical thing to him our prayer is our time of communication with him and receiving from him and hearing his voice and allowing the holy spirit to work in us don't don't get me wrong i've watched the holy spirit work in people he's worked in my life when we're worshiping and he's doing things. God is always doing those things. He's, he's waiting for us to surrender ourselves to him during worship. But so we're, we cannot be use our worship as a bargaining tool. Selfless worship is what is actually is what ministering to God actually looks like. We look at David and he's a perfectly perfect example of woe is me, everything's bad. Why my God, you've forsaken me. And then at the end of his song, he's like, You are good, you are kind, and you've never forgotten me. And I think we need to look at what scripture talks about and look at what David went through and say, Okay, that was a lesson for us to learn of what he did do. Because some of, some of David's psalms are kind of a mistake that he made, and we have to learn from that mistake. We have to learn uh, about what he did instead of, you know, at first it's, oh, you've forsaken me, and then it's like, oh, but you're good. I think we have to look at that and say, okay, David was learning to worship while he's writing his songs. He was learning how to become more focused on God, become more focused on who he is and his goodness than his own wants and his own desires. You know, our freedom was bought with a price. Jesus' blood was shed for us so we wouldn't have to be separated from God. And I think when we, when we take that for granted, it, it becomes, it, we can take other things for granted in our life. We take our jobs for granted, our spouses our kids for granted until they're gone, um, you know, and, and then you're like, oh, my, 
where did this all go? And I think when we take God for granted, we learn to, we, we, we learn to disconnect from him. And then when we go to him, we don't know how to have that conversation with him. And it's, it's not that it's a bad thing that we don't understand how to have that conversation. It's a bad thing that we disconnected from him. That com- that, the way we have that conversation is because we become so entitled to him that we haven't learned how to communicate with him. We just expect it. You know, I, I think sometimes we become like, like a kid who's a trust fund baby and all they've had is everything they've ever provided for them and they don't know how to actually do anything on their own. And we've just expected God. We've, we've wrote off the blessing of our parents and our grandparents and we don't know how to, to have that relationship with God for the first time in our life and, and actually have uh, a faith in Him and trust in Him that He is who He says He is. Um, we've just become so used to everything just being handed to us. And the blessings do come even when we don't ask because He is good and He loves us and He supplies our needs. But I think we've just become so accustomed to His face that we just kind of glaze over and just, this is who God is and this is what He does for me. And, you know, and when something doesn't happen, it's like, why didn't you show up? But God doesn't allow us to sit in the same spot unless we want to without conviction. If we, if he, if we want to sit in the mud by ourselves, He allows us to. But we, if we are born again, that conviction of the Holy Spirit will be there. And I think we need to start to prioritize His presence above anything else. Prioritize the Holy Spirit so we can understand what the Holy Spirit is doing and telling us and and leading us and guiding us. Prioritize His presence in worship and prioritize our, our, our worship towards Him. Because the moment we, we take our eyes off Him and we become focused inward, we start to worship ourselves and our problems and our needs and the resolutions we want and not who He is. I hate worship songs and, and I've had people say, oh yeah, I want this worship song. I'm like, no. I said, it doesn't focus on God. If a, if a song does not focus on God and talk about who He is, not about what He's done for me, you, you put on most modern worship songs and it's all about what God has done for me and what He's going to do for me and how He's going to come through. You listen to most preaching today, it's, oh, God's going to do this for you and this for you. I'm like, shut up. I'm like, you're not even talking about God. You're talking about what He is and what I want as a person for God to do. We have to focus on our worship, our preaching, our teaching has to focus on who He is. Because His goodness is what changes us. His kindness is what changes us. It's not what He does for us in our physical life that changes us. It's His goodness and His kindness that leads us to repentance. And that's what changes us. And I think the first thing we can do is prioritize Him in worship. It's a small thing but it makes a huge difference. So when you're standing there and you're going, Jesus, I love you. Jesus, you're good. You're singing those songs. And then you're like, but I could really use this right now. Take that thought captive and say, no, it's not a, that thought is not about who he is. It's about what I want. It's about what I want. Set it on the shelf. 
put it away, kick it out the door, whatever you need to do, and bring yourself back into that alignment of focusing on that vertical mindset of I'm looking at the Father, I'm worshiping the Father of, of His goodness and His kindness and who He is, not what He's done for me, but who He is. Because what He's done is a byproduct of who He is. What He's done for us, the salvation, the redemption, you know, spending eternity in heaven with Him is all a byproduct of who He is. Because God is love. And His love was given to us in the form of Christ Jesus. So looking at Him saying, I am looking only at You, God. I am worshiping You for who You are because You are kind, You are good, You love me. And that's it. And when we do that, we'll start to see our hearts change towards Him. We'll start to see our, eye, our heart, eyes be able to be set on Him quicker. We'll be able to, to understand when there, there's those moments that we just need to focus on Him. So our first job, if you can do anything in life, is this. Is our, your first job is to minister to the heart of God. When we're worshiping, it's not about the... the the people on stage, if there's people on stage, it's not about the people who are singing. It's not about anything but that. And what I loved about, I was, I've been watching um, some of the videos from there. These people are standing to the side of the stage because Jesus is the focus. There's an empty pulpit. There's no one in front leading worship. They're off to the side saying, Jesus is our priority. Jesus is the center of this. Jesus has to be the center of this because if he's not the center of this, why are we here? If God is not the focus of why we are here, yes, community comes with it. You know, there's benefits to us gathering together because we spend time together, we, we help each other, we pray with each other. But if God is not the focus of why we are here, go home. I'm just saying, if, if you're not going to show up to minister to Jesus, the if we're not going to show up to the first priority is to minister to God first, then why do we gather? If we're not here to minister to the heart of God and to who He is, then why do we gather? It, it just becomes a social club of people like, oh, I feel good when I'm here. Well, get a coexist bumper sticker and go home. I don't, I don't want that. I don't want that for my own life. And I don't, we will not have that in our church. Our church is not here to be a social club of people getting together. Because you, know, you can go to the Lions Club, the Elks, whatever, whatever group you want to be part of. Don't do it here. This is about God. This is about looking at our Father and saying, you are the first priority. You are the number one in our life. You are the reason why we lift our hands and we praise you. Let's pray.